Warning, what you will see in the movie Pieces cannot be revealed, cannot be described, cannot even be imagined. And you don't have to go to Texas for a chainsaw massacre. Pieces, it's exactly what you think it is. Pieces, absolutely no one under 17 will be admitted. This podcast is not safe for work and will feature movie spoilers. It will feature scenes described of a graphic nature. It will contain language which most listeners may find offensive. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Welcome back to another installment of Pieces and Pieces. I see another installment, but like I see on the beginning of every one of these episodes, this might be the first one. We've not actually put it through the randomizer yet, so I don't know the order in which they'll be released. This might be the very final one. This might be where you start. It might be somewhere in the middle, but all I know is this episode here is covering minutes 45 through 50. That means that this particular segment will open with cops running down a flight of stairs while lightning strikes in the background and it will end with um, what is presumably the killer walking through some bushes, heavy breathing towards Mary Riggs. Joining me on this episode to cover minutes 45 through 50 is my long-suffering co-host on the Doing the Nasty podcast as well as a very talented individual it's off making all music stuffs under um it's, it's fancy mark of course it is of course fancy mark how you doing mark you cut this poor episode in <laughs> half while it was still alive it's alive uh th- thank you for having me here duncan you're you're the reason that uh this movie has crept into my brain like a fucking worm so uh <laughs> i i don't even know how many fucking times i've seen this thing but uh it had been i did kind of the opposite from what i think some people did well you for sure since you have like combed through this thing like a fucking forensic detective <laughs> uh i watched my segments completely without context and it has been uh, about a year or two at least since i watched pieces last so oh, wow. i've completely forgotten all the character names yeah and uh it was, so yeah it was, it was it was weird to take just two little slices of this out, 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 completely out of context <laughs> uh the, the, this one's a good this one's a good one though 45 to 50 so yeah you we get some we get some primo dialogue here this is kind of this is post the dancer being killed in the elevator and if you watch this in high definition you get a lot of kendall's cock in this one here full oh, yeah. on wang just on this is a little kendall yep <laughs> the little kendall um there is a particular artistic choice in this though that i did find hilarious this time around um so so let's let's roll into this one here like i say this one opens right after the the dancer has been killed in the elevator by someone she knew that she didn't realize walked in with a chainsaw behind her back <laughs> Because you, you miss that, you know, you might yeah. you might miss that. Love this movie. Also the fact he's wearing a trench coat that covers his face and he's wearing a fedora hat that covers his eyes. But, I mean, 
apart from that, it's your average Tuesday on campus. Um, so yeah, this opens up with cops running down the, st uh, the stairs outside. They've just heard a scream. Uh, Kendall has been fixing his bike, but he heard the scream as well. And he runs along and intercepts the cops just as they're trying to enter the campus building, which is... This is, I mean, this is one of these things that just makes me laugh quite a bit. It's shuttered gates on the outside, which are apparently locked from the inside. <laughs> That's not how that works. You padlock no, them from the outside. No, I mean, unless it's like the very basement of a building or something where yeah. like the only way to get out is to go, well, there'd still be like a stairwell or something. But no, that's that's not how that's not how those locks would work at all. <laughs> no, no, not even a little bit. But Kendall's like, um, it's, it's locked from the inside. I'll try getting in through the window and unlocking it from the other side. So they all run with Kendall to a window to see him climb in the window. Don't know why they do that. But um, they then run back to the gate and then keep trying the gate even though Kendall's not unlocked it. And I'm like, what are we doing here? Right, and then uh, Kendall gets him in and then all the cops and Kendall are running down the hallway and they get to the elevator. They press it. It's a very slow elevator, but it's working its way down. And then we get we get the, the the first kind of big setup of this five minutes here with Kendall opening the door, winces as he notices the body of the dancer lying on the ground, missing her arms and presumably dead. And she's one of the fucking hamburger, like she, oh, she yeah. is a pile of meat sitting on the floor there, which is what makes the next part of the scene so fucking hilarious. Yeah, because like Kendall thinks. We've, we've arrived just in time. Uh, she be okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, though uh, the. The, the, one of the cops who must be you guys over in the corner puking his guts up <laughs> um, so like uh, one of the cops instantly throws up and um, that's the one that Kendall grabs is like go go call the lieutenant hurry like come on man there's a phone downstairs in the janitor's office get an outside line so we then cut to super speedy car driving up the road this is the lieutenant uh, played by Christopher George um, the guy that talks like this all the way through it um, and his partner, who I have dubbed all the way through this, not quite Frank Drebin. Um, oh my god, that's hilarious, because I was calling him not Leslie Nielsen that was last night. <laughs> or Leslie Nielsen's dad. Yeah, I love it. Um, so, uh, what you get here is you get a little bit of... Um, you get a little bit of them, like, like walking in, all like kind of cop-like. Um, once again... Christopher George is rocking a cigar, which is never lit in this entire movie. Um, he's desperate to smoke, but no one will give him a light, which leads into... He asks for one in this scene and gets denied. Yeah, all the way through, his partner's trying to help him quit smoking, which is a weird little subplot that's just a character trait that, that, that is just added to this movie inexplicably. Um, so they walk in and... Uh, <laughs> Kendall, this is fucking amazing. So uh, Christopher George is like, all right, what's happened? And Kendall's like, we must have scared them off, Lieutenant. She's still alive. Now we can get that bastard. Did you see what I saw when we opened that? Her, like, her eyes were open. She was clearly dead. Yeah, she's toast. <laughs> she's not fucking with us anymore. She's in a happier place, a place that she's not getting shredded with a chainsaw. Um, and I love, like, Christopher George is like, hope you're right, son. I hope you're right. And he turns around to not quite Frank Drebin and says... Send someone with her. I want a guard on that girl 24-7. Got that? Which I now love the idea of there's a guard at the morgue just looking after the body like 24-7 because he doesn't cancel that order at any point so you've just got to think that that carried through. Um, so, uh, and not quite Frank Dremmen has said, yeah, all right, Lieutenant. 
Um, and he's like, now, will you please just give me a match? Uh, to which his partner says, sorry, I don't smoke. And then the doctor comes out. You know this guy's a doctor because he's a big bushy beard. A big bushy beard is what he's got. Um, Christopher George is like, is there a chance? <laughs> the doctor. I mean, the doctor tells Christopher George what we've all known. He says, um, I've done all that I can. She's had a massive shock to the nerve system and a lot of blood loss. Has done the rest. There wasn't a chance. And uh, Christopher George, for dramatic effect, is like, damn, son of a bitch is out there laughing at us. Um... Which, like, I, I don't know what those moments are for. Obviously for the audience, but uh, it, it does make me laugh. Plus, he's so serious. You can tell he was he's one drunk in every scene, Christopher George. He was clearly getting paid in alcohol. Um, right. And two, he's just loving this role because it is pure fucking cheese. Well, it's like the 500th time he's probably played, like, a hard-boiled detective cop type character. Yeah. So, I mean, he's, he's like, sleepwalking through this role, but in, in a good way. He's drunk-walking through this yeah, role, is really more accurate. I do love the idea of that he's played the grizzled cop so many times. If a crime ever happened in real life, he would just switch into character, like, method. Yeah, he just pop right in there. He'd, he'd fit right in. They'd be like, who's this fucking guy? He cut this poor girl in half while he was still alive. <laughs> No, no, it was just, it was just, it was just jaywalking while she was still alive. Did you hear me? Um, so Professor Brown arrives, looking all suspect um, and immaculate as always, and he comes in and says, I "Love his, I love his line. What happened this time? This guy is all compassion. This is like all compassion." Uh, and Christopher George is like, "Where do you, where did you come from?" And he's like, "Huh?" And he goes. Where did you come from just now? He's like, like, he says it all slow and angry. And he's like, I was upstairs in the library. He's like, good. Which I don't know why that's good. He's like, I'll be talking to you later. Um, And then Kendall, Christopher George and Frank Drebin walk off screen just as the Dean enters. Because we're setting up all our pieces now. Right? See what I did? Setting up all our pieces. Um, We got got like a murderer's row of red herrings entering the room, basically. Yeah, and we're going to get a shot where we're going to get the classic kind of noir 1930s shot where all the people are there at one time and could anyone be the killer? Um, So the dean arrives and the secretary runs across the dean and tells him there's been another murder. And then Christopher George, this is primo Christopher George dialogue for pieces like, listen kid, I'm putting in more patrols, but they can't be everywhere. I want you to keep your eyes and ears open. I need all the help I can get, and for God's sake, keep a close watch on Mary for me. And then he kind of half smiles and says, I know I shouldn't be asking you this, which is right, this is the fucking student on campus that he's basically saying, protect my detective slash tennis champ. Um, he's like, I know I shouldn't be asking for this, but I'm up a tree with this guy. Man, well, that's, I, I don't know what that means. I'm up a tree with this guy. Presumably uh, that's K-I-S-S-I-N-G. Um, but I don't know. <laughs> you know what I, mean? I, I, I think the expression probably comes from like dogs running cats up trees, maybe. I think they're just making up shit. Like, I just uh, think yeah, like, probably. Yeah, just anything they can use in here. Um, yeah, Kendall gets deputized, this scrawny little fucking like 19-year-old college kid, and Christopher George like does everything except for give him a gun and a badge. Yeah, but, but this, this is the thing. All the way through this, he keeps thrusting this kid into more peril, essentially. 
And at the very end, then tries to keep him out. And because Kendall won't listen, Kendall pays the ultimate price by getting his dick ripped off. <laughs> Which, I mean, we might not have thought he had much going on there, but the scene coming up shows that he has some stuff to play with. So, um, you heard you heard the production that the other woman was making, so we'll get to that as well. Yep. Uh, so, uh, Christopher George turns around and says to his partner, who's named Randy and not Frank Drebin, he says, Randy, I want you to run a complete check on all this stuff. Full background check, and if you have to use the whole department's budget, do it. Um, which I love, he's like, basically saying spend all the money in the world, which we will find later on is apparently enough money to buy a Wendy's, and that's about it. <laughs> a couple literally of value menu, menu items. <laughs> like, and it's not even like a bar, you got like a, a small tub of fries and a, a drink. Uh, but anyway, um, as, this, as this is all happening, Willard has entered the, the, the back of the room, and Kendall is walking towards him, and we get this awesome shot of it's like lightning strike and and all the potential red herrings are standing together all kind of looking a little bit suspect and we have described it in other episodes as it reminds me of the ve- the very end of that horrible street fighter movie where like you get this one shot and everyone everyone is pulling their street fighter pose for no fucking reason at all on screen and you're like what the fuck is going what did I just watch? And why is Jean-Claude Van Damme in this? Um, and why is he playing Gale? But that's another question. So anyway, we cut across to a woman screaming in what we thought was pain, but turns out it was ecstasy. Um, Kendall is laying down some Series D, right? Um, I'll tell you right now, she, she is loving it, but he is not loving it because she is screaming, to which he says, shut up, will you? Do you want to, make, do you want to wake up the whole college hollering like that? Do you want to make like such a big production? Are you crazy? Do you want us thrown out? Anyone would think you're in bed with Chainsaw Charlie. Um, which, I mean... I, I, I mean, a woman cannot contain her pleasure. And it turns out this one has a bit of a kink. Because later on she's about to say, you can gag me if you want. Which, I'm like, where were these girls when I was younger? Um, yeah, shit. Yeah, so Kendall... Kendall, get- Kendall can get this kind of action. What, what, what the fuck was I doing? Yeah, like Kendall, or, or, or as I like to call him, not quite Mahoney from Police Academy. He like he looks like a, a kind of stunt double Steve Gutenberg. Um, you know what I mean? It's baby Gutenberg. Ba- baby Gutenberg. See, he gets up anyway, and um, he walks across, and we get like full dick shot here, which once again, well played pieces. Pieces will give you the the tits. It'll give you tits. It'll give you bush. But guess what? It'll also give you the D. And that's it's extremely stylishly shot too. There's it's like lit by like moonlight coming through like the window that's like behind him, but he's not backlit, so he get like this perfect like just like sliver of light that yep. just like you know. And yeah, Kendall's not. He's he, he looks like he works out. You know, yep. you know he's, it's, it's he's not, not cold like room. a <laughs> no. It's not a cold room. He he might be a little bit of a grower, not a shower, but like he's <laughs> uh you know he's 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 not bad. And especially yeah, this has become much more apparent. Like the higher definition. Well, this is the releases thing. of videos of this come out. Like, I think the actor must have thought at the time. It's going to be grainy. No one's going to make it out. And then high def come along, and he was like, "Ah, oh, <laughs> fuck." Four K, um, <laughs> yeah, four K UHD. We can literally count the veins um, <laughs> on the shaft. Um, there's so much fun about this because, right, we get this shot where we can clearly see his dick, right? And then he's looking out the window, and you can see Mary Riggs walking along with her flashlight. She's out investigating. Then the camera turns back around to the window, and there is a carefully placed plant 
covering his dick. And I'm like, we've just seen it. Like, what we, what we're hiding it for? And then the camera then pans into the room where he puts his trousers on and you can clearly see his dick again. So I don't know what the purpose of the plant is. Like, maybe we can only get taste, like, side boob. Maybe we can only get side dick. We're not allowed like front, a, a full frontal. Pickup. Yeah, it might have been like a pick. Yeah, it might have been in his contract that he would only do like one days or, you know, one shoot where there was yeah. nudity. And that might have been a pickup shot that they did later. It's so bizarre. It really, really is. Because I'm like, what, who are we hating this for? The audience has seen it, right? So it's like that way where they're like, well, you know, in a, a, like a, a PG-13 movie, you can get away with saying the word fuck once. I would argue if you say fucking a movie, you might as well say it a hundred times. You know what I mean? The damage has been done if a kid has never heard the word fuck because that's now in their brain. What was that yeah. word that that man? Like, that's literally how I look at that. So all I'm saying is free the D. That's, uh, that's my campaign that I'm, I'm running with. Free the D and free the nips. And um, let's, let's, all, let's all get together. Um, so yeah, uh... <laughs> There's a bunch of posters on the wall in, uh, is this Kendall's apartment or is it the girl's? I have no fucking idea because he just walks out and leaves her. There's a big fucking Friday the 13th poster above the bed and there's a couple others that you can't quite make yeah. out or at least I wasn't paying enough attention to. But yeah, the Friday the 13th one is big and obvious. I think it's one of those ones. I love this in movies where they... I love it in movies where that it's not explicit. So like no one's muddling up Friday the 13th with pieces they're two completely different sorts of movies yeah. but I, I love it when they do that it's the ones where you know it's a movie about zombies that are recreated um you know from from a like an outbreak of a killer virus or something and in the first bedroom you go into there's like a dawn of the dead poster and you're like Ugh. Yeah, evil evil dead is another big one there's yep. 10 million shitty low budget movies that have evil dead posters in the background and i'm like come on uh but yeah so we, we get we get this shot and then he's getting ready to leave and <laughs> this girl is trying everything to get laid again um she's like oh honey where are you going what if you gag me i wouldn't make any noise then and I'm like, Jesus Christ, Ken, I'll stay. <laughs> like, like, you're like, you're gonna go out and protect Mary Riggs. You ain't getting any of that. You're getting none of that at all. Just stay where it's warm, and and sweaty. And um, <laughs> he, he, he doesn't. He's, he's also got a boner for justice too, though. <laughs> he's got a boner for justice. <laughs> um, and then so we, we follow. Um, this is essentially the end of the five minutes. We follow Mary as she's out searching and she hears a rustle in some bushes. Um, she keeps looking and then we start hearing the heavy breathing of the killer and then foot steps and then feet walking in amongst the, the brush. Um, and we are left at the end of this five minutes presuming that this is the feet of the killer. Um, kind of a perfect, perfect place to leave off. Almost every five minutes in this movie finishes off in a perfect place. Uh, I, I can't describe it enough. All of them finish off in great places where there is no mid-dialogue. Um, it's kind of it's kind of weird how that's worked out. Um, Mark, that was our five minutes uh, running from 45 through 50. Favourite bit of dialogue or favourite like, clip from these five minutes? 
I was fucking howling last night at how much that Kendall and uh, Christopher George think that they're going to get like any answers out of this girl. And that shot is like so. And like, I, I remember the, the the scene before. Yeah, the, she she gets carved the fuck. Oh, up yeah. Her arm chainsaw. comes right. Yeah, her arm comes right off really quick, really fast. And then, you know, we hear the screams of our being apparently eviscerated. Uh, yeah. But but like fucking Kendall thinks she's going to walk it off as as hilarious. And it, it was bad enough that it made an actual cop just like fucking puke his yeah. fucking guts out. And like, yeah, the, the, the scene is where, yeah, Kendall, Kendall really takes charge and gets full blown deputized, which is also fucking hilarious to me. It's like, uh, yeah, there, there's a lot going on in the scene. And uh, yeah, yeah, I, I <laughs> I, I'm honored that I got the Kendall Dick scene, too. Yeah. That, that, that makes me happy. Yeah, any scene with Christopher George and it just gives me endless delight. Uh, like I say, the ongoing joke of him trying to... Like, he's had all this time to go and buy a, a box of matches, but he's still asking everyone to try to bum matches off someone. Uh, kind of makes me kind of smile all the way through this one. And I love the ostentatiousness of the director to have that shot of all the red herrings, which is clearly far too classy for a film like this. It's like a trailer shot, almost. It, like. I'm sure it's in the trailer as well. I, <laughs> I fucking love it. I absolutely love it. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's it's one of those ones where it's a lot of dialogue. We're, we're kind of post-kill here, so we're, we're kind of picking up the, the pieces. <laughs> and um, I, I kind of love everything about this one. And then, yeah, like you say, we, we do get high, high D, uh, D, apparently, in this one. Uh, HDD. And... Um, it's kind of fun to see that as well. Um, Mark, bringing us in to the end of this episode, you're a busy guy. Um, where can people check you out? Uh, go find my music. Uh, best place for that is fancymark.bandcamp.com. It's also on all the streaming crap. Uh, go listen to Duncan on I on Doing the Nasty, which should have some new episodes coming out here pretty quick. And that's about it. I've been on some Psycho Samantha cast episodes here pretty recently. Go check those out also nice nice well ladies and gents that is another installment of pieces and pieces this might be the final one or the first one who the fuck knows uh, i will in about a week's time but um the only way to find out if there's any more to come is whether or not one drops after this but until the next time i speak to you take care bye